Volume Three, Chapter Five of Gwenwin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Gwenwin, A Romance of the Wye by Main Reed. Volume Three, Chapter Five. Maternal Solicitude the poor lad his heart be sore sad at times most nigh breakin that's plain spite all he try hide it it is the widow wingate who thus compassionately reflects the subject her son she is alone within her cottage the waterman being away with his boat captain ryecroft has taken him down the river it is on this nocturnal exploration when the cliff at Langoran is inspected by lamplight. But she knows neither the purpose nor the place any more than did Jack himself at starting. A little before sunset the captain came to the house afoot and unexpectedly, called her son out, spoke a few words to him, when they started away in the skiff. She saw they went downstream that is all she was some little surprised though not at the direction taken but the time of setting out had langoran been still in possession of the young lady of whom her son has often spoken to her she would have thought nothing strange of it but in view of the late sad occurrence at the court with the change of proprietorship consequent about all of which she has been made aware she knows the captain cannot be bound thither, and therefore wonders whither, surely not a pleasure excursion at such an unreasonable hour, night just drawing down. She would have asked, but had no opportunity. Her son, summoned out of the house, did not re-enter. His oars were in the boat, having just come off a job, and the captain appeared to be in haste hence jack's going off without as he usually does telling his mother the why and the where it is not this that is now fidgeting her she is far from being of an inquisitive turn least of all with her son and never seeks to pry into his secrets she knows his sterling integrity and can trust him besides she is aware that he is of a nature somewhat uncommunicative especially upon matters that concern himself and above all when he has a trouble on his mind in short one who keeps his sorrows locked up in his breast as though preferring to suffer in silence and just this it is she is now bemoaning she observes how he is suffering and has been ever since that hour when a farm labourer of the abergan brought him tidings of mary morgan's fatal mishap of course she his mother expected him to grieve wildly and deeply as he did but not deeply so long many days have passed since that dark one but since she has not seen him smile not once she begins to fear his sorrow may never know an end she has heard of broken hearts his may be one not strange her solicitude what makes it worse she says 
continuing her soliloquy he keeps thinking that he have been part ways to blame for the poor girl's death by making her come out to meet him jack has told his mother of the interview under the big elm all about it from beginning to end that hadn't a thing to do with it what happened were ordained long before she left the house when i dreamt that dream about the corpse candle i feel most sure something would come out but then seeing it got up the meadows i were altogether convinced when it burned no human creature ha lit it and none can put it out till the doomed one be laid in the grave who could a carried it across the river that night especial with the flood lippin full up to the banks no mortal man nor woman neither as a native of pembrokeshire in whose treeless valleys the ignis fatuus is oft seen and on its dangerous coast cliffs in times past too oft the lanthorn of the smuggler with the stalking horse of the inhuman wrecker mrs wingate's dream of canwell corp was natural enough a legendary reflection from tales told her in childhood and wild songs chanted over her cradle but her waking vision of a light borne up the river bottom was a phenomenon yet more natural since in truth was it a real light that of a lamp carried in the hands of a man with a coracle on his back which accounts for its passing over the stream and the man was richard dempsey who below had ferried father rogier across on his way to the farm of abergan where the latter intended remaining all night the priest in his peregrinations often nocturnal accustomed to take a lamp along had it with him on that night having lit it before entering the coracle but with the difficulty of balancing himself in the crank little craft he had set it down under the thwart and at landing forgotten all about it thence the poacher detained beyond time in reference to an appointment he meant being present at had taken the shortest cut up the river bottom to rugg's ferry this carried him twice across the stream where it bends by the waterman's cottage his coracle easily launched and lifted out enabling him to pass straight over and on in his haste not staying to extinguish the lamp nor even thinking of it not so much wonder then in mrs wingate's believing she saw the carnival corp no more that she believes it still but less in view of what has since come to pass as she supposes but the inexorable fiat of fate yes she exclaims proceeding with her soliloquy i knowed it would come ah me it have come poor thing i hadn't no great knowledge of her myself but sure she were a good girl or my son couldn't have been so fond of her if she'd had badness in her jack wouldn't greet and grieve as he'd be doing now though right in the premises for mary morgan was a good girl 
mrs wingate is unfortunately wrong in her deductions but fortunately for her peace of mind she is so it is some consolation to her to think that she whom her son loved and for whom he so sorrows was worthy of his love as his sorrow it is wearing late the sun having long since set and still wondering why they went down the river she steps outside to see if there be any sign of them returning from the cottage but little can be seen of the stream by reason of its tortuous course only a short reach on other side above and below placing herself to command a view of the latter she stands gazing down it in addition to maternal solicitude she feels anxiety of another and less emotional nature her tea caddy is empty the sugar all expended and other household things deficient jack was just about starting off for the ferry to replace them when the captain came now it is a question whether he will be home in time to reach rugs before the shop closes if not there will be a scant supper for him and he must grope his way lightless to bed for among the spent commodities were candles the last one having been burnt out in the widow wingate's life candles seem to play an important part however from all anxieties on this score she is at length and ere long relieved her mind set at rest by a sound heard on the tranquil air of the night the dip of a boat's oars distant but recognizable often before listening for the same she instinctively knows them to be in the hands of her son for jack rose with a stroke no waterman on the wire has but he none equalling it in timbre and regularity his mother can tell it as a hen the chirp of her own chick or a eve the bleat of its lamb that it is his stroke she has soon other evidence than her ears in a few seconds after hearing the oars she sees them their wet blades glistening in the moonlight the boat between and now she only waits for it to be pulled up and into the wash its docking place when jack will tell her where they have been and what for perhaps too the captain will come inside the cottage and speak a friendly word with her as he has frequently done while thus pleasantly anticipating she has a disappointment the skiff is passing onward proceeding up the river but she is comforted by seeing a hat held aloft the salute telling her she is herself seen and that jack has some good reasons for the prolongation of the voyage it will no doubt terminate at the ferry where he will get the candles and comestibles saving him a second journey thither and so killing two birds with one stone contenting herself with this construction of it she returns inside the house touches up the faggots on the fire and by their cheerful blaze thinks no longer of candles or any other light forgetting even the canwill corp end of chapter 5 read by lars rolander